0: Fast, efficient, and affordable business grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power, but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode seven hundred and thirty-seven of Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Topkinson. Hey Will. Hey mate. How's stuff
1: going up north? Uh it is. Sort of. It is. A bit. It's going, it's going, it just goes. She just goes, she just goes. Not just as good as a blink to a one man. Blind Wow. Not just as Back. good as a wink to a blind man. <laughs> Don't try and do gags when you're half asleep and crook. Uh. Will stop being half asleep and crooked. <laughs> yeah, no. Problem solved. Be
0: fully crooked and fully asleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got uh, I got tricked today with my. Um, I showed you my Game Boy Advance with the funky IPS screen. Yeah. Well, I was using it today. Uh, my daughter borrowed it because she wanted to try it out while um, just hanging around. So she played a game. She's like, "There you go." I finished with it, so I turned it off and uh like at lunchtime i thought oh, i'll have a go at final fantasy tactics because a lot of people have been saying that's a good game to play so i turn it on and the screen has got a yellow tint i'm like oh this can't be good so i went into all settings and stuff and tried settings and switching on and off and it was still yellow and i'm like oh crap don't tell me there's something wrong with the ips screen maybe one of the wires came loose or whatever i don't know so I posted on twitter but didn't have any answers so i went to ebay and eBay did, emailed the guy using ebay saying what's happened i've done something wrong i don't know how to fix this and he's like oh yeah dude i should have told you if you tap on the top of the case it switches palettes so you can have a yellow one a green one blue and it just puts a tinge i don't know why you want a purple tinge on all of your games or a yellow tinge or a blue tinge or whatever but you see if you just keep tapping it eventually you'll come back to just all white again wow i was like oh that's good and apparently he says if you tap on the bottom of it it's supposed to change the brightness so i couldn't get that to work but it's got a clear see-through transparent case so if you turn it look at the top you can see this little sensor just under the top of the shell <laughs> so when you tap on it, it detects the vibration and use that as a button so you didn't have to add any extra buttons to the shell but it gives you this functionality that you can tint the screen for some I said that's bizarre and strange, but it's cool, but it's, it's kind of weird I mean, something I don't again. want
1: I mean, I, I get it, I suppose, if you're playing like an old original Game Boy style game you want that sort of grey, washed out, you know, that's how they looked I don't want
0: a yellow tinge on any of the games The IPS is to make it look
1: better Not worse But wasn't that the whole point of the Pokemon When they come out The yellow and the blue and the red Weren't they different tinted games?
0: I don't know I haven't played any of
1: them They're on the Game Boy Color But I have vague recollections of them being Actually different colored games
0: well, there's something I wanted to know I have to look into. I haven't played any of the Pokemon stuff. My daughter was into all the Pokemon stuff for years, and I watched some episodes and watched Detective Pikachu a few times, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> yeah. But um, they say if you want, you get, like, Pokemon Green, but you also have to get the Pokemon Blue. But, so you get more characters or something, so I don't know if they've got cross... In their save states, somehow that you can add more characters to each one by buying the other cartridge or something like this. I know you could link play. We, I didn't really do it much, but a lot of my mates used to link play. Yeah. And yeah. if
1: you linked them, you'd get different.
0: You can do that, yeah. And... But I'm, I'm guessing that somehow if you put in the blue cartridge, you play for a while, take it out, buy the red cartridge, you put that in, then suddenly your blue cartridge game has got some extra new characters or something. Because a lot of them were like, you have to get both cards that came out like there's a, a silver and a gold that came out together or something. Like you have to get the silver and the gold. You have to get Hang the on. platinum did and the crystal. S- did they you stack have to get
1: the blue and the yellow? I I vaguely remember. I know I, it may not be Pokemon, but I vaguely have have recollections of two cartridges stacking into the back of each other. Oh okay. You had a you had a like a feeder cartridge you put in, and then you yeah. had two cartridges you dropped in and I, I don't even remember if it's for Game Boy but I vaguely remember seeing it on a, something I used to play That's a long a time ago but yeah it may have been that it might have had a, a divider cartridge and then two cartridges went in yeah
0: that'd be interesting i have to look that kind of thing up because I mean I've got the EverDrive so I don't have any original cartridge games and then yeah. I don't care about that as long as I'm running on the original hardware it's like with my Commodore 64 yeah. and VZ and the Amiga I want the original hardware to play it Yeah. but the way that the game gets in there I want it to be the easiest way so SD cards and, and stuff for all of those things is great. Not loading off a tape drive for four hours. Yeah but getting something like a Mega 65 or something that's got extra colours and capabilities and more sprites and stuff I, I don't have the nostalgia for that. Yeah. Yeah. The old Commodore 64 stuff was cool because it was limited to 16 colors and if you could turn the borders off this way or that way or do some funky trick that should not be possible, yeah, then it was cool. But that's because you're supposed to be limited by the hardware but you've done this magic thing that's not supposed to happen but if you've got a Mega 65 or something like that and you can do all of the things in the code because it's supposed to and that's the how the hardware works, it's like Why is that cool? So, you see these, I see all the demos on the Amiga, and I'm like, this is cool where you've got like color bars, but it's not the same as like Commodore 64 where you have splitting screens and raster bars and the right timings and stuff to get these bars. It's just an Amiga can display four thousand and ninety six colors at once and yeah. you can do a bar that moves up and down but it's not really tricky i mean there's some copper tricks and stuff it was, it,
1: it, was inti- do, it was impressive for entirely different reasons
0: yeah it could do realistic sounds and realistic graphics and stuff like that yeah but it's not because you're able to do some tricky amazing programming it's just that it's just like with the pcs you know you can play it's fun to play these 3D rendered games like I got into Final Fantasy 15 online and, or 14 online and started playing that, which is cool when you go around and do all the stuff. There's nothing amazing that's about it in the way that the, the, the designers are doing something tricky on the no, platform. That's right. But I mean, it's a better game than WoW and things like this, and you get a free game up to level 60. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. Final Fantasy is supposed to be cool. So. I started playing Final Fantasy 1 on the uh, Game Boy Color and Final Fantasy Tactics, which is a completely different isometric type game on the Game Boy Advance.
1: I mean, it's like um, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, They had to hack the crap out of the PlayStation to make Crash Bandicoot work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. an amazing story that you showed me on yeah. YouTube.
1: Yeah, it's you know you wouldn't think it's something even by the time it got that advanced, but man, they had to completely destroy the. They basically had to tear the entire coding apart and recode the the system. When the disc booted, they basically rewrote the firm, firmware from the ground up to yeah, allow it to do this stuff that it wasn't supposed to be able to do. And they yeah. had to do it without telling Sony that they'd done it because it was in breach of their. Contract that they touch any part of that that part of the hardware, but they had yeah. to do it because otherwise the game wasn't going to run.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll
0: have to try. I think there's a couple of Crash Bandicoot games on my Game Boy Advance as well. It'd be fun to play on the little screen. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind, and it's got Spyro and stuff too. I wouldn't mind trying to make a game for Game Boy, but I've been scratching my head trying to think of a kind of theme or style of game that I want to do. So. I'll get there one day, but um, we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's all fun and games. Yeah. Quite
0: so. And you've been getting into some Doge stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I've been. Now that I've finally got my graphics card sorted and I can actually do something with well, it, yeah. <laughs> After many many hours, um, I've been mining Doge again. I've and it's come up in values. It's actually a usable coin at the moment because it's thirty plus. Depending Isn't on what it, it 30 unminable? Thirty to forty cents, um, you know, up from three cents, and up until recently, yeah, it's that that was part of its thing was it was an unminable coin, um, which basically meant that you know you had to trade it or purchase it; you couldn't go about mining it with with a program. Um, but some fantastic, unique operators who designed a program called Unminable Miner. Um, <laughs> They basically let you mine it, Uh, you know more than I do about how that actually works, but effectively you're you're mining, from the way I understand it, you're mining a mineable coin, such as Bitcoin for example, but you're trading that off against somebody who wants, they want to exchange Bitcoin for Dogecoin, so basically as you're mining in real time, it's doing a conversion, you're getting, you're mining Bitcoin, but you're getting Dogecoin.
0: Yeah, That's, they just, it's the same as the nice hash that I do. I'm technically, I'm not even mining, but I'm learning out the hashing power of my graphics card t- for somebody else to mine Ethereum. Yeah. But I get paid in Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, it's the same principle with this. I get paid in Doge. I did a I did a 24 hours doing um, same as you are, but doing, um, I think I've tried Bitcoin and engine coin and then I've done doge and out of the three of them I get a better return on investment on the doge coin Uh, how many doge do you get? I get roughly uh, if you convert it to dollars I get about um, $10 a day with doge and I get about $5 a day with pretty much everything else Right. So at the moment it's more feasible to mine those just because it's higher, but I mean obviously you can swap and change between whatever you want. Yeah, and when you got the solar uh, <laughs> It's all profit. Yeah. Um and anyway, so I was looking around and I had to get some stuff um and just randomly popped into my mind, like, oh, sorry, I remember you bought some stuff from a vape store in Australia that's The, the- Vape Store. Yeah, the vape store, yeah. That (laughs) does... um, Well, they take Bitcoin. Yes. But they don't take Doge. And uh, i got a heap of Doge sitting there and I can't be bothered double converting it back to get something else. I just want to use my Doge coin because it's there. Because
0: there's all fees for converting.
1: Every time you convert it, you lose stuff, yeah. Plus, it takes time. And depending on how much you want to pay, it depends on how long that time is. But anyway, I found a store called... (laughs) It's the dumbest name. Vape vape pen or vape pens S store so it's vapen, vape pens and store it's vape store it sounds Bit German of or touch or something it's actually in, uh, in Orlando in Florida but um, they take um, Dogecoin directly and actually, right. in actual fact they take you look in their um, crypto um, section and they take like just about everything They've got about 150. um, They've got about 150 different wallets, so there's like they take almost anything worth having,
0: and they're all Um, up at the moment
1: too. They are, which is good, yeah.
0: Especially XRP, Glenn, are you (laughs) listening? XRP is currently a dollar thirty-one. It's getting close to that two dollars you're looking for, son.
1: Yeah, went up twenty-four
0: percent overnight.
1: Um, but the re- main reason I went with these guys is they do, like, they do normal vape pens, like but they do liquid, which is your normal vaping stuff. They do the wax and the rosin stuff, and they do the herb, the dried herb stuff. Um, so, depending on what you want to do, they have the various options for various different things. And they have all the accessories and stuff, and they're fairly cheap. And the shipping was free, inter- free international shipping, so I couldn't go past that. Um, you're turning into like this really weird like
0: <laughs> I'm a
1: magician Gandalf in a puff spirit <laughs> it was Gandalf <laughs> <from there. laughs> um, so yeah so I thought that was pretty cool so I bought I bought one of the things with that and that was you know a couple of hundred Doge and I went sweet and I went and had a look I went oh I got more Doge than I thought I did and I'm like out <laughs> of curiosity is there anything else that takes Doge and I'm it's really hard to find. Like you type in uh, stores that take crypto or stores that accept Dogecoin and they're all the ones that want to sell them to you. Yeah. I'm like, it's really hard to find <laughs> something that I can use my coin. But then I randomly followed a Reddit rabbit hole and ended up discovering that Newegg, who has been around for they're one of the really early um, online tech sales places, Newegg does crypto. Uh. Um, They do all sorts of different cryptos. And they do Doge. They do, you know, obviously Bitcoin and all sorts of stuff. Um, Yeah, as part of their normal checkout procedure. So, and recently, I'm not sure exactly when. I I haven't used their site for a long time, I have to admit. But they also have an actual Australian warehouse for a lot of their stuff now. So, some stuff actually comes locally from Australia. Oh, sweet. Um, obviously the some stuff comes from China and America and whatever but they do have direct access to some stuff as well so and they accept crypto straight up so yeah and they've got they've gone not just um, computer stuff anymore they do obviously computers and printers and 3D printers and scanners and chairs and tables and
0: Is Um, it Kogan?
1: (laughs) It it almost is. They do mobile phones, they do projectors, they do digital cameras, they do headphones, they do There's Now, there's somebody who should do crypto,
0: right? Yeah. Russ should be on top of this stuff.
1: Um, You know, vacuum cleaners and tablets and TVs and theatres and PS4s and Xboxes and networking stuff and CCTV stuff and office supplies and stationery and tools and marine stuff and LED stuff and lighting and solar like they do so much stuff now it's brilliant so if you've got some crypto floating around that you want to actually real world use yeah. um, you can either spend it at battery central you can give me a call and I can help you spend it at my place Yeah, because <laughs> we take crypto um, or you can go to Newegg and buy something there as well
0: we should so. tell that blue hosting guy that he should take crypto
1: yeah I know if only we knew the guy who ran that place
0: man I wonder who it is I
1: know you should look into that and see if they'll take well how about you just talk... actually just if you want hosting go to Blue Hosting, sign up for your package and then when it gets to the part we've got to pay him just send him an email and go hey I've got the equivalent in Litecoin here and he'll go yeah no worries <laughs> and then he'll call us and he'll go somebody wants to offer me Litecoin and how then... do I do it We'll, we'll lend him our wallet and the kindness of our heart so that you can put the money into my wallet and uh, <laughs> give him cash I'll give him the cash
0: <laughs> tell him to pop into the shop next time he's out your way yeah <laughs> that's it so but uh,
1: yeah no it's uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy kind of glad now no actually if you want a video card they've actually got some video cards in stock what um, be prepared to have a heart attack for even the most basic of cards
0: would
1: be a lot cheaper than what I paid. To give you an idea, a GeForce 1650 uh, four gear card, which is oh. five year old card, six year old card, it's still like four hundred and thirty bucks. But at least oh. you can get one. Um,
0: How much is my Nvidia 3090? Thirty ninety. Probably got none.
1: Let's have a look. Thirty ninety. Uh, 20, 30, 30, 90, 24 gig, gram. No, 24 gig, 24 gig, 24 gig, 24 gig, okay. Yep. So, yeah, so 30, 90, 24 gig, gram. The cheapest one is 3400.
0: Mine was 2700, so. Yeah. I'm still doing alright. Yeah. Sell it for profit.
1: So, um,. But they've got some there that are upwards of 5,000, like there's a, uh, there you go, 3090, a 24 gig, 3090 RTX Asus, tough, (laughs) 5,240,
0: so, mine's a gigabyte,
1: yeah, so it was a gigabyte, Aorus, Aorus, RTX 3090, Uh, $5,339. so <laughs> uh, And it's funny, which in turn makes their desktops expensive because they've got like a, you know, gaming desktops, nothing super special, just a, a Ryzen 7 3700, you know, 16 gig RAM, similar to what the system I've got is. Yeah. When I bought mine, uh, it was three and a half, and I thought that's a lot, but the equivalent system now is six and a half.
0: Wow. <laughs> and it's all graphics card
1: <laughs> yeah that literally is that's that's what you're paying for is a graphics card it's so dumb so but yeah so I thought that was pretty cool um if you're looking for uh looking oh, for well used crypto, crypto and, cool. and a legitimate uh you know recognised backed warranty store you know like it's not some fly by night you know egg has been around for a long time so yep they're
0: going anyway that's what I like about getting my stuff at the vape store I can um, mine it with my graphics card and then transfer it and spend it
1: mm. well that's uh, like this vape and store place that I found I'm like eh. the name sounds a bit dodgy they haven't uploaded a YouTube video in two years their Facebook page doesn't work <laughs> their Instagram still does and their other one still does I'm like Give it a go. they're still registered PayPal on the PayPal thing I'm like uh, it's only money I didn't actually buy anyway so what the hell <laughs> you just mind so, it <laughs> I put put the order in and I'm like hello hello <laughs> two days two days later your order's been processed and here's your shipping confirmation and here's your tracking ID went, oh yes phew <laughs> 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 so yes so it turns out it was worth <laughs> it was worth the gamble <laughs> It's funny, you know, though, if it had have been a store that I would have had to pay PayPal or something like that, I would have been, I would have done so much more due diligence. Yeah. I would have, like, contacted them or gone on the forums and if somebody's used them or, you know, tried to track down more recent activity to see if it was a thing and if, if they're worth going with. But because it was, like, crypto that I just had there anyway, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll just throw it at it and see what happens. Here we go. What can go wrong? Yeah, you know. <laughs> It's only (laughs) unsalvageable funds. Don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) You already did that with one of your hard drives, right? Yeah, well. We won't talk
1: about (laughs) that story. Yes.
0: My brother keeps ringing that up too. He's like, so
1: he found the hard drive yet? I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up,
0: shut up, shut up, Should probably talk about these ones coming up. Across the
1: top. The Patreon.com slash OzzyTechHeads is where the Patreons of OzzyTechHeads go.
0: They're awesome people. They're the most amazing people in the world. They
1: are. Mind you, we say that about anybody who gives us money, so don't feel that special. (laughs) Shh. Uh, Kofi.com, dot com slash Aussie Techheads, because you can go there and a different way of giving us money. uh, You know, it hasn't got to be, what's it called? It can be just a one-off donation or whatever. Um, Same as if you wish, we've got a couple of people who do PayPal and a few other ways. So, you know, if you if you do feel like donating, um, by all means, it makes a huge difference. We're not um, we're not uh, AdSense affiliated on YouTube, running so none of these um, no sponsors except for these yeah, guys. None of these pictures us. Yeah, <laughs> none, none of these uh, channels can make us any money, so it's literally all done. It's all done voluntary, and uh, any money you do put forward does help us with um, you know hosting fees and streaming fees and. And all the other bits and pieces when computers explode and things like that, so... Yep. And, um, of course, battery... One of switch. these days,
0: blend might
1: actually get a computer. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> battery central it for all your battery needs. If, uh, everything from your batteries for your vapes right through to your RCs, through to your cars, so off-grid, solar... Marine. Marine. Ow, that was my chair that I just cracked my little toe on. That's going to leave a mark. Oh, uh. And you cold. might even get a discount. And yes, yes, it'll be at least 10%, um, depending on, on what exactly it is you're ordering and where it's got to go and all that sort of stuff. So look us up. At least, uh, you know, feel free to give us a call and ask for advice and whatever, and we can help you out. Yeah. And as I said, we do accept crypto as well. So there's another valid use for crypto. See, I'm full of helpful information tonight. Yeah. I mean, now, I'm done now. There's no more. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's all you're getting
0: thanks it was a great show thanks for listening (laughs) should we do some news i guess a bipartisan trio of u.s senators introduced a bill that would rein in app stores of companies they said exert too much market control including apple and google democratic senators richard blumenthal and amy klobuchar teamed up with republican senator marcia blackburn to sponsor the bill Which would bar big app stores from requiring app providers to use their payment system it would also prohibit them from punishing apps that offer different prices or conditions through another app store or payment system i found this predatory abuse of apple and google so deeply offensive on so many levels blumenthal said in an interview their powers reached a point where they are impacting the whole economy and stifling and strangling innovation blumenthal said he expected companion legislation in the us of House of Representatives very soon. The stakes are high for Apple, whose app store anchors its $53.8 billion services business as a smartphone market has matured. Apple said its app store was an unprecedented engine of economic growth and innovation, one that now supports more than 2.1 million jobs across all 50 states. Google declined to comment, but a spokeswoman cited previous company statements that Android devices often come preloaded with two or more app stores, and then our app resellers can allow downloads without using Google's Play Store. The bill won praise from Spotify, Epic, and Tile. Tile, which makes tags to find lost objects, complained earlier this year about Apple launching a rival product. A similar law raw revision has also been introduced in South Korea. So I suppose you've got um, on the Android devices that are running the Amazon stuff, they got the Amazon Store, haven't they, for their apps and games and stuff.
1: They do, but a lot of... A lot of apps and games have their own internal... Like, stores. Mm. Like, the Kogan app. And you've got the Kogan app, you've got the eBay app, you've got your... So you're not just...
0: And Apple doesn't like you using anything except for them to pay for stuff.
1: But, I mean, what are they talking about? Like, if, if you're developing a game for a platform to go through the Apple Store, then you're expecting the Apple
0: Store to take the payments... Yeah, but if you have something like Netflix or Amazon Kindle, you can't buy Amazon Kindle books or um, Netflix accounts via their app because Apple says if you buy a book from them, then we get 30% of the price of that book.
1: that's what I was going to say. If if you're developing something specifically for Apple through the store, then that's fine. But if you're using an eBay or a Kogan app or a Kindle app or whatever, then no, you can't. I expect, like, if it's an in-app game purchase and that game goes through the store and that in-app purchase then goes through the store, that's fine because it's all part of the the process. Store ecosystem. Yeah. But when you're running Kogan and eBay that already have their own infrastructure, like they could literally just say, "Well, okay, we just won't run an app on your device, yeah. and people can use the web browser." Like the app's only for convenience, they don't need to use it. Yeah, so I don't really understand. Yeah, they they don't really have the right to say, Well, no, your payment system has to go through us because, like, well, no, it doesn't because we just don't have to. If we didn't have the app, you wouldn't be getting the traffic through the app. That's right. So,
0: (laughs) in any case, you
1: should be thanking us for the privilege of us making an app for you,
0: yeah, and making your product popular. I mean, if those things, Amazon and Netflix and what have you, weren't on the iPhone, then there'd be less people buying iPhones. Well, that's it. I mean... they they're, they're not... They're uh, required apps. People want them... On especially their on head.
1: tablets. M- more so than phones, on tablets yeah. especially. Yeah, But that's the thing. If you... Yeah, if, if they go, well, no, you need to use our payment system, then they go, well, no, we don't. We we'll just won't use you. Let's just build for Android. Yeah. And suddenly every major... <laughs> Thing you can think of, whether it's the online banking apps, whether it's Coles and ordering online, whether it's Kogan, whether it's eBay. Suddenly they'll go. Well, no, we're only going to work on Android now. Yeah, no one's going on an iPhone because
0: (laughs) you literally can't
1: do anything with it.
0: That's it. Yeah, and (laughs) Apple can't go. Oh, it's for the security. Yeah, (coughs) it's not for the security of the phone.
1: I get the original app to go through the app store. Yes, fine. I understand that because that is for the security especially something that's giving out information to a third-party vendor. I understand that. Yep. But once it's vetted and gone through the Play Store or through the, the Apple Store, that's the end of their jurisdiction.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't be able to control how
1: much
0: you buy of what via the app. <coughs> <laughs> no. It's I mean, it's not,
1: it's not like they don't get ad revenue yeah. from them, you know, because all the ads that pop up, they're all... they. Apple's giving the ad revenue from the ads. Yeah. Shouldn't that be enough for them, especially on an app that's... I bet you they don't complain that Facebook... You know, if you're a Facebook user and you go got to place an ad from a business point of view, you got to place an ad on Facebook and you do it through the Facebook app, I bet you they don't want 30% of their Facebook traffic
0: ads. You wouldn't think so.
1: Like, you imagine Facebook doing that?
0: <laughs> when you got all these big companies fighting each other.
1: Uh, there's something but once again the only people that are going to lose out are going to be the small people again you know the mum and dads who use the phone for work and business and they rely on it and they're the ones who are going to lose out on this whole deal (laughs) so I don't know it's kind of all just everybody's blaming everybody else for everything that's happening instead of just looking at what's around them and going hey let's just make what we've got work yeah. instead of trying to serve everybody out of existence. Yep. Um, which actually would lead into a story you've got, but Aussie <laughs> broadband cuts fresh fibre capacity deal with Telstra. Woo. So, um,
0: Aussie broadband just the best everything, aren't they? Yeah. They are. <laughs> Can't fault.
1: Um, well, I can, I've been having the trouble with work lately, but that's not technically oh. Aussie broadband's fault because we were with, uh, They're now Aussie Broadband, but they weren't. It was the business division that was actually a different company. Oh, okay. But they've been amalgamated into Aussie Broadband. Um, Aussie Broadband has cut a new five-year deal with Telstra. Wholesale for access to high-capacity inter-capital and NBN interconnected fiber links. Says it will help compete with uh, new business for its larger rivals. Managing Director Philip Britt told iTunes... uh, I think that's supposed to be IT News not iTunes, <laughs> that the company had brought forward um expiry of existing long-term wholesale arrangements with Telstra. The, the COVID backhaul links to all 121 NBN points of Interconnect. Um, so basically what that means is that they've got like the, the, all the feeds that feed into the backbone, all these come, so it's going to be at the highest possible um Speeds and last pings basically. Sweet. Um, the existing deals due to expire mid to late next year. However, with Aussie Broadband, the process of running its own fibre, it made sense to bring the deal to an early close and renegotiate terms. Long term deal with Telstra originally, sometimes when you do long term deals, things change. We've been building our own fibre network for some time and continue to do that. Uh, they're using all the old, all the dead fibre. Uh, a lot of the new estates and areas that went in that never got activated, they bought a lot of that and they've been activating a lot of the fibre in um, Sydney uh, Melbourne predominantly but a few other places as well, as well. Um, we've been building our fibre network for some time and continue to do that and we're coming to the end of our existing arrangements with Telstra that we use for backhaul, so we've got a recut new deal that focuses on the poles that we're not building to um the sheer amount of capacity it brings we're moving from 10g links on some cases uh in some cases multiple 10g links at a site to 100g links at every site um that's fully protected and fully redundant that gives the network capacity as well and truly up with the big boys and actually uh is more redundant than most of them it gives us a great deal of capacity to grow Aussie Broadband is expecting to make considerable push to the business market, both on its own infrastructure as well as using NBN Co's enterprise Ethernet product and 284 business fibre zones spread across Australia. Our focus now is connecting more businesses and higher-capacity business services. Um, so, yeah.
0: must to been the ABB.
1: <coughs> they're, um, they're not stand, not hanging around, that's for sure. The stuck into it. The new Tesla drill includes higher capacity of inter-capital links, so through major cities, um, capital cities, basically, you think of effectively following the highways basically around Australia. Yeah. Uh, with 400G 400, 400 fully protected links on major routes, and model with 100G passed to all remaining capital cities. So there's 400 gig bandwidth trunk lines yeah. and then 100 gig sub trunks that go that join, the, the join all the other major areas right. so if the main network goes down at 400 on the 400 gig link they're still going to have multiple 100 gig paths to take Sweet. so theoretically if anything the, redundantly, the redundancy the backup pathing for a link failure is actually faster than the original link
0: <laughs> can't complain
1: about that <laughs> so by rights they should never have um, links down or nodes down and when they do they, they should they, you, you you shouldn't notice a difference yep. unless you happen to be basically that you would notice if like if you're up the road from the exchange and that exchange goes down yep. you'd be one of the few people who would notice because you would have to reroute around the long way around so your ping times would probably increase your speed probably wouldn't change yep. you would only notice if you're a gamer and if you're lucky enough to be with within a couple of cases of the exchange you'd yep. notice it yeah. Um, but for the most part you're not going to ever notice if you're being rerouted or not everything will just continue working let's do a uh, tracer out yeah <laughs> which sometimes actually it's interesting to do a tracer out and go why is my internet slow today tracer out to you know um, telstra.com or something yeah. 437 bounces like okay <laughs> that's that's why I it's slow it's today don't many hops yeah <laughs> <laughs> You mean I'm going to IINet and then through to AAPT and then to Optus and then to Vodafone? (laughs) How how many times this thing going up to the satellite and back? (laughs) So, yes. I did that once. Somebody a few years ago, I remember um, when they were putting up the new, well, it's not new now, it was new at the time. Um, What was it called? I can't think what the new satellite was they put up for the Australian internet. Um, SkyMesh SkyMesh when they first put that up they got the they got the uh, rounding procedures wrong yep and they basically created a loop where it would basically send a signal up to SkyMesh and then bounce it back down to you as a confirmation then bounce it back up to SkyMesh and bounce it back (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: this this signal's
1: basically doing a loop between your satellite dish and the satellite and you're like (laughs) that's not right (laughs) (laughs) the internet seems very slow today (laughs) <laughs> no kidding
0: <coughs> two household names in the security industry norton lifelock and avast have agreed to merge in a deal value between 8.1 to 8.6 billion dollars us norton lifelock offered avast shareholders a combined cash and shares consideration the transaction will create a new entity with over 500 million users the chief executive of norton life Vincent Paulette will continue in the same role after the two companies have merged, while Avast CEO, Andrei Vicek, will become the president of the new entity which has not yet been named. Avast is headquartered in the Czechian capital of Prague, and its offices there will be retained along with Norton Lifelock's offices in Tempe, Arizona, in the United States. The deal is a second in five years for Avast, which in 2016 bought competing antivirus vendor AVG for $1.3 billion you would have heard us talk about those two quite a bit on this show
1: yeah they tend to get they more than a fair share of mentions
0: yeah Norton <laughs> LifeLock was semantic internet security but it got bought by this other group just called it Norton LifeLock now
1: so it's not actually Norton securities no. or whatever it is
0: Norton it's Industries not, not uh, semantic anymore
1: yeah. well, Norton's not semantic or semantic's not semantic
0: Oh, that particular business uh, security suite had been purchased and renamed Norton LifeLock.
1: Okay, because back when it was Norton, 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 no that anyone who did it, they, uh, the, the joke was that Norton was the virus yeah and if every other if if Norton had ever been on a computer, you could tell' because you yeah. put another virus scanner on and it'd spend the next three hours flagging every single file on the computer as being infected because yeah. <laughs> Norton used to have this nasty habit of tailing off every file that it' write it would rewrite every file and put its own identifier in it, and so if any other virus scanner went to find it, it would literally find every file on the computer computers infected. <laughs> Oh, it was a horrible bit of software you can't yourself one of my favourites actually was back in the day was VET mm. but it sort of just got up and left um, I used to like that wasn't that Australian yeah, one yeah it was yeah um, I used to like VET and then it sort of stopped and then used AVG for many years because it was free yeah and then Avast yeah so it's sort of now a trade off between AVG and Avast
0: I'm going
1: with Panda now. I use Panda mostly for most of my yeah. stuff. Oh, and I put um, one of
0: them on my phone now as well, which is really good because it can protect you from spam text messages and um, even spam phone calls. It can connect to a network of computers. And yeah, you were saying that last to week, wasn't
1: it? Were you saying it was Norton or something? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So the Xiaomi comes with that by default, so I don't need to worry about it. But Yeah. I know there are a few of them. There's um, Kaspersky. Kaspersky. that's right. I know that there's AVG for your mobile as well. Yeah, it's um, not good. No, <laughs> but yeah. There's, yeah, Kaspersky. there's AVG, there's a couple of them. Yeah. Um, but I use Panda for, yeah, most of my, well, actually, yeah, pretty much everything it's now. really,
0: really lightweight. Mm. And you don't get all the notification pop-ups. Hey, you should be upgrading this to something else right now. I use might um, happen once
1: a year or so. Yeah, you get one or two as they do a major update. But I use a vast on this computer just because with the streaming and everything, it's got a streaming mode, so it notices when you're streaming and it doesn't annoy you. Um, but on pretty much everything else, I use Panda. Yeah. Um,
0: and that was only because I had one of those. Um, what do they call it? The netbook MacBook things. Yeah. yeah. That's where I discovered it. I had my.
1: Asus EPC. PC (laughs) And Panda was the only thing you could put on it without completely decimating the system performance.
0: Yeah, mine was the HP Stream, which was really crap because it had 32 gigs and whenever Windows updated, the download was bigger. (laughs) And it couldn't decompress the download after downloading it because there was no space. So every time you had to wipe the whole computer and then install Windows again with the current update and then but Panda yeah was so lightweight it hardly ever touched anything mm.
1: on there and only really it only really um, does anything that goes through the internet so your emails and your websites and stuff it doesn't sit on the computer it literally it's almost like a um, Online scanner. It's, it's almost like a, like a router effectively it, it effectively routes all the data through th- past their yeah past their servers to scan on the way through effectively it's kind of really weird the way it works but it's got a pretty decent it's not the absolute best 100% perfect every time but
0: it's pretty bloody good if you like us and not idiot to click on random links from text messages in facebook going hi is this a picture of you lol I mean honestly my work
1: computer the one I have as my test bench at work that I do everything on I don't have one on that because yep. um, I just don't do dumb stuff. <laughs> Basically. And if, a, if I've got to check a thumb drive or something, I go into the one in the office. Yep. It came with no open doors, NOD32 or NOD64 or whatever it is. Oh, is that what
0: it stands for? I never knew. Yeah, 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 NOD, yeah,
1: no open doors.
0: <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> I might have even used it once, but I never knew.
1: Um, I get rid of it and it. After 12 months, the trials up, it's too much like reminds me too much of uh, Norton to be any use. But yeah, it's on there, so I figure I'll keep it on there for 12 months. If yeah, if the high quality pre build all in one PC lasts longer than 12 months, then I'll worry <laughs> about it then. <laughs> so, um, you had one on, um, speaking of people being grumpy on the internet
0: me yeah. I'm always grumpy talking
1: about <laughs> no you had a story about people being grumpy on the internet specifically providers did oh no I
0: didn't do that story oh, I was leaving
1: on, that yeah. for you <laughs> <laughs> uh, well there's this story that's on the internet that you guys can go and find because apparently neither <laughs> of us did um, do you remember where it was but basically it was uh, all the the retailers so you know WBT RSPs. and and uh, Telstra and Optus and Aussie Broadband, basically all of them um, they're taking a class action up against NBN Co they're basically sick and tired of uh, them getting in trouble every time the NBN does something uh, don't worry about that that's happens when you forget the top and tail of your videos before you put them up on there <laughs> But uh, yeah, so they basically um, come out and said, "No, we're not, we're not copping this anymore." You we're know, not gonna take it. It, uh, you guys, you know, because they were doing the um, the CVC
0: the C- pricing was CVC pricing, yeah. ripping them off, while causing them to have to pass on big costs to us for no reason.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't continued. It was there was no rhyme or reason as to when it would be expensive or when it would be cheap and they there was no fixed price to what it would go to or what it would come from like it was literally there was a like, fixed
0: price that can randomly go up yeah. if they feel like it which really if you think about it, it's <laughs> not that fixed
1: is it <laughs> it's not that fixed and it's probably less random than they would than they would like you to think too yeah um it was on 19
0: news I found that one you've got it no I was just thinking um. you know, in case you wanted to look
1: it up that's where I am and I can't find it <laughs>
0: Oh, you have but, to do load more at least
1: once, I think it's down there. Uh, okay. Um, but, yeah, so and they're basically like, okay, well, here's the thing. You want us to give out X amount of bandwidth. Well, you want us to have X amount of bandwidth yeah. um, at, at certain periods of time. You want us to use different amounts of bandwidth at different, different times. Well, you need to tell us how much it's going to be. How much we can use, and when you want us to use it. Not just go well. We'll give you some random, incoherent number that you can use at some particular point in time that we're not going to tell you about. And charge whatever you want. And charge whatever you want for it because they're like, well, hang on, we, you know, you're making an absolute killing on this, and it's literally costing us money to do, to do your dirty work.
0: Yeah, and all the customers getting upset because they'll say. I want to sign up, I've just moved to this area, I want to sign up with whichever provider, and they'll say, oh, you should be able to get up to 100 megabits, and they get them signed up on the accounts, connected up, and then they get like 40 or something, and they're like, well, where's the 100? You guys suck, and it's like, no, it's it's not us. NBN Co have to, they can't, t- They well, they can tell us what speed you're most likely to get, but they won't. So we have to say, you could get up to 100, but once you sign up you might find out NBN Co can't give you that or don't give you that for whatever reason because the technology is not there you might be like mr t stuck on a, on a um, exchange that's connected via copper to another exchange instead of fiber and yeah. there's nothing they can do about giving you a better speed because it's up to nbn code upgrade things but yeah it shouldn't be shouldn't be people that have of course only talk to their rsp and they're like oh vodafone you suck TPG, you suck. And it's not their fault. It's actually NBN Co. And they've been buffered from everything because everyone just complains to their RSP, but it's not their fault, really.
1: In the past, most, if not all, RSPs broadly agreed on these issues but took the fight individually to the NBN Co. This time, however, they've all united to offer a single point of view. All five RSPs want to pay a flat wholesale price per NBN service instead of the current construct that has them paying a variable bandwidth charge called a connectivity virtual circuit CVC whenever demand for the internet goes up we strongly believe that any conversation related to the future wholesale pricing model must be approached um, with the starting presumption that wholesale pricing is the default and preferred previ- preferred position um NBN Co's flat price models so far are heavily conditional folding in yearly price rises of unknown sizes uh so yeah, so what they're basically saying is like yeah, when, when we're buying you your service at that's a wholesale price, that we that's the price that we're buying paying for it. Yeah. You know, so um Co already raised the industry's ire by commissioning um uh, uh, to find challenges in fully f- flat price model. Network operator defended the decision, contrary to initial feedback Uh, was not intended to dismiss all services offered under a flat price construct. Rather, it was intended to provide greater insight into the potential issues associated with this construct, which warrant detailed analysis and consideration given the construct represents the greatest departure from its existing price construct. So what they're basically saying is they don't want to just have excess bandwidth sitting there doing nothing that they can't charge for. So if they keep it tight... They're not going to, everyone's not going to offer unlimited deals and not have unlimited data being used. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so dumb. It's just like the infrastructure is built. It's literally an infinitely expandable p- proposition at this point. Yeah. You know, just want to make profits. The NBN, <coughs> the NBN Co is really going to have some trouble very soon, I think. um once, especially once TPG gets to the point where they, well, not TPG, Aussie Broadband gets to the point where it has enough of its own fibre, uh, they're going to go. Little, yeah, they're going to well. See ya. We're going to do our own thing. Oh,
0: and you other guys who are getting screwed over by NBN Co. Yeah. How'd you like to do lots more peering?
1: Yeah, that's it. We we can offer you some 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 bandwidth. <laughs> Unload some of your bandwidth from NBN and load it up to us, and that'll save you some some money there. And I hear that some guy's got a satellite up there now. I'm sure he wouldn't mind peering some data for you as well.
0: That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Someone who smells a bit musky. (laughs) Netflix has stepped up its efforts to ban VPN and proxy users from bypassing geographical restrictions. The streaming service is now blocking residential IP addresses too, since some unblocking tools use those to bypass restrictions. This isn't without collateral damage as many regular internet users without a VPN now report missing content on Netflix. 6 years ago Netflix started blocking customers who tried to access its service over commercial VPN or proxy service. These changes came after copyright holders repeatedly complained that pirates were bypassing Netflix's geographical restrictions. They're not pirates if they're still paying, paying for
1: the service. <laughs> for the service. Mm. It's
0: not the definition the VPN ban caused a lot of frustration for legitimate VPN users, many of whom had no intention of breaking any rules. At the same time, VPN pirates, quote, quote, found that workarounds by picking services that actively bypass Netflix's restrictions. There are various ways VPN services have managed to circumvent both these blocking efforts. Most <coughs> keep the technical details private, but it's commonly known that some are using residential IP addresses as proxies to make it look like VPN users of regular ISP subscribers. His cat and mouse game has caused quite a bit of frustration at netflix headquarters and over the past few days the company appears to intensify its blocking measures there's a flurry of complaints on social media users from users social media from users whose vpn services were suddenly blocked by netflix previously these people couldn't play any other content while using the vpn that changed last year now vpn users can still see netflix originals while other content is hidden and blocked People who try to access block titles directly through a saved URL will see Netflix's dreaded proxy-slash-VPN error message instead. That's why I had to whitelist Netflix and other stuff in my um, VPN that I use on my browser. I have Nord, and you go to Netflix, which I'm using an. I'm using Australian IP. It's not like I'm trying to get on US Netflix or British Netflix to get shows that I'm not supposed to. I just use an Australian VPN so that my IP is not shared out everywhere over the internet. And everything took so long. It would go to Netflix. It would take like five minutes just to render the images with the thumbnails of movies and stuff on there. As soon as I hit bypass, it went straight and everything popped up in a second so they're obviously restricting a lot of vpn stuff but i'm like i'm in australia and i'm using australian servers to connect to the vpn so it's not like i'm trying to watch some movie show that you want to release slowly over six weeks through different countries around the world i just want to Man. still use my vpn
1: and while you've been messing around with that i'll just get the movies that do and watch it for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you see that meme that I put on Facebook where it's got the, the guy who's with his girlfriend and he sees the other girl and it started out with every the other girl was Pirate Bay and the guy's looking at Netflix going, Why do I need these torrenting services? I've got Netflix, it'll be pretty cool. And now it's like you got Netflix, you got Disney Plus, you got BBC Play, you've got Paramount Plus, you've got Stan, you've got all of this. Oh, look. That uh, Pirate Bay is looking pretty good right now.
1: <laughs> and that's, that's exactly what the problem is. They, they, they've learned nothing in the last 30 years of the internet. Like...
0: Everything got fixed from all these cable subscription and stuff. So you could watch stuff a la carte, whatever you want to, what you want to watch. Fantastic on one Now Everyone's like, well, we don't want to give a tiny bit of money to Netflix. We want to get all of the money for us.
1: Yeah. they've learnt nothing like apparently geolocking is still a thing like the the rest of the world doesn't exist outside of this you know it's just it's so frustrating it's just so
0: frustrating Tiana wanted to watch the my daughter wanted to watch the latest um, movie of an anime called uh, Gintama and it got released in Japan in January it's getting released in France and America in November this year (laughs) there's no date that it's going to get released in Australia but it's all online through a subscription service that it's all getting released for everything so why why 12 10 12 months between different countries what uh, who does that benefit what what is the I don't understand even the point of geo geolocation locking and link No, it, does,
1: it doesn't make any sense it, 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 and it's like saying pirating. They're not pirating. If they're paying for the service, they should be able to access the service however they want to. It should be mm. nothing to do with you how they're accessing the service. It's not like they're going to the American Netflix to pay less to get more and then not paying for it and getting it for free anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: you're paying for a service for a certain amount of things wherever it's American, Australian, or wherever you're paying for it.
0: Uh, that's the price.
1: Somebody needs to, 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 send to send us, us an
0: email. We'll look or will at aussietechheads.com.au and explain in detail why it's good to release something in America and then wait three months and then the UK can have it and then wait three months and Japan can have it then wait six months in Australia can... What is the point? It just I mean, piss everyone off and they're just like, screw it, we'll just pirate it. I don't
1: care. I understand there are a handful of exceptions sometimes with licensing to get song rights and... I get that but that's not the majority that's a a tiny minority of situations that that occurs in Um, like um, Married With Children, they never got the love and marriage song they never got the rights for reruns, they only ever got it for first time round so once they got the reruns they had to change that music, so stuff like that happens I understand that but that's such a rare thing, that's not the bulk of the reason you know um, and I don't really even get the the releasing it even two or three weeks apart doesn't seem to make any sense to me it's not like the same person who's watched it here is going to fly to America in three weeks time to watch it there like you're not double dipping your audience
0: yeah so it, it doesn't and it's like the, the most people who would get pissed off is the uh people who like these who sadly like these real time uh what do they call them the master chef and all of that kind of stuff and big brother and all of that you can watch it live in america as it gets released and then Australia can get it two or three days later after yeah. everyone in America's already watched it and then gone on to Twitter and gone, holy cow, did you see what happened when that guy stuck his finger in the thing It chopped his head? Oh my God. And Australia's like, okay, well, I don't want to watch Twitter for the next four days because yeah. people are going to spoil it. Why can't I see it when America sees it?
1: I mean, Game of Thrones, of which I've never watched an episode, but Game of Thrones figured it out by the final season. The first three, four, however many seasons there were, all they did was complain that people were pirating their show. Yeah, and they went, "Hang on a minute! If we release the show at the same time everywhere, then less people will pirate it." And guess what happened? Less people did. Less people pirate. Sadly, eight seasons. Eight so, years. Uh, <laughs> but it was literally like the last season before they figured
0: it out. So, so there's this new invention. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called the internet. It's global worldwide, and everyone is connected to the same thing at the same time. It's not like you're packaging up your movie
1: yeah, and, sending it to- and
0: sending it via aeroplane to Australia, and then they can watch it six months later because it took that long to go on a slow boat to China. If, even if you, if you can release that, it now everywhere.
1: Even if you did have one copy of it that you had to fly around the world, you know... I don't think it will take as long as it was sometimes. It's ridiculous. Uh,
0: it's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. They come up with these ideas. It's like, oh, it's better for audience statistics or some crap. I don't know. What it's better for? Pirate Bay. That's the only one yeah, it's better for.
1: That's right. The the uh, I keep saying it. The harder you make it for somebody to access a show, the easier path they're going to take. If you make music it hard, music industry figured it out. Music industry, yeah, well they haven't, but most—that's <laughs> the same thing. If you make it hard for someone to find something, they're going to find it the easiest way. Yeah. the easiest way is through usually either P two P or a site like Movies. Do, which is a paid site, and I do pay to use Movies.do, so technically I'm subscribing, and technically I'm paying for the uses of the shows. You people with the content.
0: Take my money. Here's yeah, my money. But if you don't part. want my money, I'll, I'll go to us. someone who doesn't need my
1: money. Yeah. You know. And no, I'm not paying you twelve dollars to go to the cinema to watch a movie, because I don't go to cinemas to watch movies anyway. I bet I'll give you three bucks to sit in the comfort of my own lounge room to watch a brand new release. Yeah. You know, or twenty cents if it's a TV show. You, and you get you can, all of that. Cause... You can have two hundred and fifty million viewers at twenty cents a pop, or you can have. Three hundred million viewers at nothing, it's your choice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just figure it out. We don't want twenty subscriptions to all these different streaming services. No. Not I didn't all. think we were gonna do a rant this week. That was very good. <laughs> I got yeah Uh
1: yeah, I said I wasn't gonna do it. I was not feeling very well. I hate you now. Watch news. <laughs> uh you got anything else? Or?
0: Yeah, got one to finish up. Google is cooking up the first major Wear OS release since 2018, and <laughs> Samsung is abandoning Tizen for smartwatches and going all in on Wear OS with the Galaxy Watch 4. Last night, Samsung took the wraps off the main system on chip for the Galaxy Watch 4, and compared to what Wear OS usually gets, Samsung is shipping a beast of a SoC. The Samsung Exynos W920 will be a multi generational leap in performance for Wear OS. Samsung says this is a five nanometer chip with two ARM Cortex A55 cores and an ARM MALI G68 GPU. For the always on display mode, there's also an additional Cortex M55 CPU, which can keep the watch face ticking along while using minimum power. And there's also an integrated LTE modem for on the go connectivity. Compared to Samsung's previous smartwatch chip, the Tizen-only Exynos 910, 9, uh, 9110, which is a 10 nanometer, to Cortex-A53, the company is promising around 20% better CPU performance and 10 times better graphics performance. Remember that the Exynos 9, 9110 is from 2018, so those comparative numbers are inflated, but at 5 nanometers, it's much more modern chip than the Wear OS has ever seen. Wear OS has suffered for years at the hands of Qualcomm, which has been starving the ecosystem of quality SoCs for wearables. Most people's last experience with Wear OS is the Snapdragon Wear 2100 or 3100 SoCs, both of which were ancient Cortex-A7 CPUs built on a 28 nanometer process. Qualcomm introduced a slightly more modern chip, the Wear 4100 in 2020, a Cortex-A53 based 12 nanometer chip, almost no manufacturers actually shipped that chip a year later and we're still getting Wear 3100 launches today Qualcomm's answer to the Samsung chip will be the Wear 5100 which isn't due until 2022 I'm tempted to try now that I'm not doing Fitbit apps and stuff anymore I'm tempted to try out the latest Samsung watch one the of look, my friends has got one he loves it they look alright hmm.
1: yeah. oh, I got my Xiaomi one I'm good
0: yeah <laughs> it does all you need it, it really
1: does and it's 45 bucks yeah can't <laughs> complain about that you know like I'm going to have a hard time buying or saying a $400 watch is going to realistically do anything different and better yeah I mean
0: <laughs> you know whatever covers all your needs that's all you care
1: about
0: that's it yeah.
1: that's it for you that's it
0: from you Yeah. All right, it's good night from me, it's good night from him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, Coffee. we're everywhere. You can email us wheel or warlock at aussietechheads.com.au, and tell us why the movie industry sucks, and go to <laughs> aussietechradio.com 24 7 back to back playback of tech related shows. See you next time.
1: Bye.